Welcome back to the bros. We're in the back room of the sanctuary where the conversation happens. Today, it's just the bros, and we're going to have a great conversation. If you haven't already, please consider liking and following the podcast and sharing it around. It really helps us spread this out to more people. We would definitely appreciate it. Go to thebrospod.com and give us feedback. Hey, John. Yes. So, I got a question for you. How did you get into church? I was born. Through the door? <laughs> uh, do you mean like in my later life or like how did I start? I want to, I mean, get as far back as you can. I want to, I want to hear like, like, were you, were you raised up in a church household or were yes, you just, much. were you just like one day just stumbled in a church because of friends and you know, you in, got invited and decided to stick it out. So my my parents were going to church first. And when I was born, I think the first time I was actually in church was like 13 days after I was born. Something like that. It was not very long. Um, it may not have been that specific. Anyway, um, so I've been going to church pretty much my entire life. So I mean the first the first time I really remember going to church I was probably 6. Yeah. Do you remember any like specific things that caught your attention while you were going to church that made you really want to stay in it or were you like really fighting the the going and you wanted to go stay home and not go to church? I I never really had that phase of I don't want to go to church. I've kind I've always enjoyed going to church. We're kind of getting to know you. I mean, you're being the host. Of, we're gonna get to know each other very well in this yeah. in this thing, but yeah, you know, continue. Would, I want to hear it. There'd be a couple times where I'd be like not feeling well, and I'd be like, you know, mom, can I gonna stay home from church today? I don't feel well. Sometimes I could, like, if I had a fever or something like like a light fever, my mom would be like, yeah, stay home, read your Bible or something, go to bed early. Yeah. I did not do that, right? But I think a lot of us are. <laughs> I, I would say, for me myself. In the younger ages, I could say that I tried to cop out. Like, I tried to not go to church. I tried to say, I don't want to go to church today, so I pretend to be sick. I pretend to be sick. And My mom could always tell if I was faking. There's always ways to fake it. People yeah. will always believe it. And that's why, that's, that's the hard, that's the thing about it, is because you put a hot towel on your forehead or you put hot water in your mouth <laughs> oh and take your temperature. Goodness. I'm you telling you. You should not be giving listen, ideas. Listen, <laughs> you, you thought of things that I never thought of. I I'm never thought of the towel, dude. Well, I'm just saying, you, mom would come yeah. in there. The first place she would put her hand to see if I'm temperatured is to put her hand yeah. on the, my forehead. Wow. You know? My mom always had a cup of coffee. And if she would ever put the thermometer in my mouth, and if she looked away, I'd dunk it in the coffee real quick. It takes a little longer than that to read, but it you, I get what you're It didn't yeah. work, but I tried. Mm, of course. <laughs> you ever gotten annoyed? Um, yes. But <laughs> no, listen, as a young man who before he got saved, one of his biggest hang-ups when he got saved was lying. 
Uh, were, were you guys ever annoyed at the fact that the thermometer would tell you the last temperature read? Oh my goodness, my, mine that. does that. Yeah, yeah, and and like my current one does. It has ruined. <laughs> it has ruined <laughs> one time at least of me trying, and I I don't seek getting out of church, but anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah, anymore. But at times I had I had longed to have a break from going every week, and and so one time I was like, no, I'm it's 101, and then <laughs> and Granny's like, it says 98. <laughs> I was like. Oh, I did, and then I had to do it again, and it still matched. I was like, "Oh, it got better," <laughs> and I feel bad. I'm not saying that in any way, but you know, to don't, see don't this, this, to see the stupidity of sin now that you're past it, is really funny sometimes. Yeah, now that we're now that we're in church and we were saved and we have a life and relationship with Jesus Christ, it, yeah. looking yeah. back, it's just like I really despise <laughs> everything I've done. Sure. It, I don't want to have a memory attached to that. But the thing is, our testimony is a testimony. Yeah. I have a lot of my past, but sin back then is is something that I don't want to be related to. I don't have. Right. I don't want to have that problem. But you, being that you wanted to try to skip into church, sometimes that that comes to play where you want to be sick or you want to not go to church because of some so and so reason. I got too much homework. I got to turn it in Monday. Yeah, that was never an issue. Yeah. <laughs> You were I good. Was, well, you were I, good. Was, I was ready to go to church, so I didn't have to finish the homework. Yeah, <laughs> I was not a model student. He was trying to, <laughs> he was trying to save you, but <laughs> go on. Yeah, go ahead. Continue with your he story. Was giving, he was giving you an out right there, and you, you, you just no, come, I don't. Just, I don't I'm like homework being more than church. I like church no, more. No, being than honest is great. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, we, I mean, we all know that I was not a great student. It shows in my line of work. Yeah. Uh, but He's a construction worker, by the way. Yeah. I think we addressed that in a past episode. Uh, I don't remember. Is it the one with the fi- the, the forklift that was caught on fire? Or did yeah. they even make the episode? We didn't. Oh, it didn't? That right, was the other one. This one the day same that we cloth. really did not make it, right? <laughs> Let me say this one may be cut from the same cloth, but we'll see Who what knows? happens. So is it, we have enough in the bank that if we have a couple of bloopers to pull from, fantastic. And we have fun doing it, too. So yeah, but keep an open mind on it. So... Pretty much my entire childhood, I was maybe not eager, but willing to go to church. Yeah. Uh, and in 2015, um, my my father left, mm-hmm. and we had some deaths in the family, and it was a very traumatic, relatively short amount of time. And after that, you know, I had this feeling of, you know, why? Why all this at one time? You, separately, you know, I, you, you it, I'm not going to say you handle it, but, like, you can, it's easier to deal with this thing that happened six months ago, and then this happened, and then a couple years, this happens. But all within, like, five months. Right. It just... It adds up. Yeah, it adds up, and I lost my mind. I still went to church, but I didn't. I didn't go to church. You know, I went there. I sat there. I looked at the wall. I looked at the ceiling. I didn't pay attention to anything. I was just. I was just there. Did you use, use church like a way to make friends or something? Yeah, no. I Not just well if he did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm related to everybody in my church, so that's one of those. One of those churches. Everybody's everybody's a family of some sort. Yeah, I was joking because that's kind of how our church is for the most part. I know it's yeah. exactly how our church is. <laughs> Pastor and the 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 
piano player is a daughter, and yeah, you know, drummer is the son-in-law. You know, it's just the way it works. So, what, where, where did you get your salvation and your relationship with Jesus? Um, I know your, I know church is a different situation, but yeah, like very much. Where so was your salvation? Let me see if we can get the years right here. So. 1997. <laughs> he wasn't born yet. Yeah, I wasn't born yet. Um, oh. If I, if I had to, neither were you. But if, if I had to put a, a t- I know where I was. I was at uh, South Florida Holding Issues Camp. Uh, it was Thursday morning. But I don't remember what year it was. It was a Thursday morning for it sure. But it, was no a th- it was a Thursday morning. You but know how I don't old you were? No, you don't know. <laughs> no, if I if I had to put, a, I'd probably say it was like eighteen, like 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 three years. Do you remember the date? That's a very recent. That's very recent for not being able to remember how old you were and being able to remember it's a Thursday. <laughs> Do you? It was that? about nine thirty in the morning, but no, it was after that because church <sighs> starts at ten. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Good Do you remember grief. the day? Do you remember what? Oh no, like, terrible with dates. You no, know, so. I mean you remember the day like it was yesterday, kind of thing. Like you remember that everything happened that happened. Oh no, when not everything that happened. I remember that I was actually praying for somebody else, and then um, I can't remember his name. Matheny. Yeah, brother Trevor took a hold of my collar and pulled me up, which. He's a small That's dude. A s- it, I'm a pretty I'm stout fella, and he pulled me up like I was a sack of potatoes, because yeah. that's what I'm built like. And he pulled me up, and he pulled me back down so he could yeah. speak in my ear. And he Is was this the same youth camp that w- I was uh, counseling with? Yeah, I think so. Oh my goodness, he's a short. We have a history. He's there. a short yeah. little fella. Yeah. yeah. And he pulled Great him guy. up. Great guy. Oh, he's I love, I love, guy, love yeah. dude. He's uh, so awesome. We joke around because I'm six seven, and he's like what five. You two, you two swap jokes all the time. Oh yeah, and he has a lot of fun with that. And I always, I was a little disappointed when I found out he wasn't coming. But oh I yeah, I was him. too. But he he pulled me to him, and I don't remember exactly what it says, but it was it was basically he alluded to the vo- verse about uh, having a moat in your eye and trying to tell oh, your buddy to get great. the beam. And yeah. he was like, solve your own problems before you pray about others. And I was like, you've got a mountain here. Oh, I can't do it that night. I remember that night. And I was yeah. like, <sighs> okay. And yeah. it, it was like three hours that we prayed. Because it, it, I don't think there was preaching that day, but it was, there was just a ridiculous amount of time <coughs> that, I, that I prayed. Because I'm very stubborn. Mm. And I was just we like, can be. I was like, no, yeah. I don't, I don't want to lay that down. Yeah, that, that's mine. It's hard. Well, mine is relatively recent. It's not a 2010 or a 2012 story because it took more time for me to decide what I wanted to do because, you know, sin had taken a great hold on me. And I'd grown up in church and had a lot of, you know, time of living in church and, and not really believing in it and just kind of letting myself go. Um, and so... You know, there are several times it's youth camp is easy to pray when you don't have your phone for the week. And yeah, it's, you it know, really is. It's like, oh, look, I'm, I'm all better and everybody's around me wanting the same thing and I can pray. And then s- as soon as you get back into the grind, you have to delete all the things you had before. And then halfway, I don't have to delete that. I don't have to do this or that. And, and it starts to you know, catch up with you with all of the things that you were doing before. And eventually you're back where you were. And so youth camp was always a very difficult time for me. But, you know, it was, I, I had prayed 
I, I don't know, multiple times of just, you know, crying and praying and trying to give it all up. But I don't, I guess I didn't feel like I meant it truly. I was just saying the words and not really yeah, like saying it in the moment yes. with the emotions. You feel that and you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You keep repeating it, but you don't really know how to feel it. And I had a big problem with not having emotion just and not really feeling that emotion as much. It's just, you know, there are times where I didn't feel remorse for things that I should have. And sometimes I did, but most of the time it was, you know, there wasn't as much as there should have been. And then while I was... Um, I th- who else was it? I youth camps I had prayed, and then um, for a while, Brother J.R. Alexander was coming. And the guy's a really good preacher. He's man. amazing. He's one of the best preachers. He's I've on ever fire heard. for God. Yeah. He has a he has a very you know signature style of preaching that I really enjoy. And uh, he would come. He was preaching that revival actually, or I'm sorry, youth camp. He was preaching the youth camps for a little bit. And then they got, you know, some other people doing them, but he was really good at that. And then he went to a couple of revivals in the area. And I kind of, you know, another thing where you're crying and praying and trying to give it all up. But then after a little bit, you're right back where you started. And it kind of went on like that of just, you know, me living how I wanted to live and still being in church and doing all the things that I was, you know, doing in church and then doing the things I was doing out of church. Kind of like sinning in secret, but not letting everybody know that you're doing it. Sure. It's just you're hiding it under all right. of the different things, but in reality, you know, the inside of you is is hardened with sin and and this life. And I'm not as good at, at hiding it as others. You know, I, I, I didn't really fully hide everything that I was doing. But, you know, I was listening to metal music and all sorts of different things. I was listening to comedy just in general. And you know, listening like not to things. Christian no, comedy, just not Christian. Just secular videos that were that were just for the point of entertainment that were funny and and you know, not not wholesome at all and not good to listen to and and just enjoying that. And then when youth camp would come, I'd kind of pray a little bit so I'd feel a little less of that conviction. Yeah, of you should feel a little better. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm gonna do good, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're back where you started. And then uh, what? This was September. I think I had, hold on, I gotta check the exact date because I get these dates mixed up, but. You're still not the only one. <laughs> well, I know the year. <laughs> then again, it was last year. <laughs> I had to track back all the way to my yeah. age to find a date that I was saved. Yeah, I can't do that as much because I keep mixing up my how old I am. By the time it runs around to your next birthday, you've been saying, you know, oh, I was 18 for so long that then when it's 19, it feels weird. <laughs> you have to correct <laughs> yourself all the time. Uh, I should have been looking this up while I was talking. Yeah, I'm 32 years old, and man, you're old. My, yeah, stop! <laughs> I'm not that old. Come on, how old are you now? 20. You're 20, so I'm what 12 years older than you. Yeah, that old. All right. It was September 20th. You know what's funny is this may be out by <laughs> the time that <laughs> passes. Uh, I don't know, will, but actually, yeah, yeah, it probably will. So no, it'll be seven days past. Yeah. So I mean, that's depending of if we're dropping this or that day or not. If we drop it at all, you just cut that part about <laughs> the yeah. date because I don't yeah, like I don't, I don't like dating the episodes. No, that's fair. <laughs> um, but it was on s- September twentieth. It was on a Tuesday night. I do remember that. Um, it was after a week of revival, and I had gone back for you know they continued for another week, and I'd been going to a revival the whole time. I'd prayed a couple times. I'd cried and prayed one night, but just you know still, it's easy when when the hooks are still there. You know, you say, I'm going to stop, and then it's easy to get pulled right back in. But that night, Brother Tony Stidham, 
who great guy. I love name dropping him wherever because he's a fantastic person. He's one of my favorite evangelists. Oh, he's coming preached here. That's what Jose was saying when whenever I was dropping references, like I see that hand or anything. It's a very oh, yeah. big evangelist thing to do, but that's something he does in particular. He's, what you know, episode was that? Were you talking about that? I think it was. I think it was number three. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, was Absalom. Absalom's anarchy. Yeah. Um, but but he does that. There's it's a evangelist thing that they do, but it was something in particular that he did and and things of that nature. That are fun to use. Yeah, close your um, eyes, bow your head, and yeah. give you the prayer things. And yeah, raise your hand. and then and then he'll, I see, I see that hand. I see that. I hand. See that. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. That. So that's if you don't understand that reference in Absalom, that's what it was from. It's just that you know John was raising his hand that he was the person, and, <laughs> and I was pointing. I see that hand. You know <laughs> that I noticed that you're the one, but uh, he's a great friend of mine. Still is. I mean, he. We know, huh? we know when he's coming back down uh, i don't i'm not 100 percent sure on that i 100 percent know that when he comes back down here we will have him at our church for sure i mean he's yeah, just absolutely. a great friend I of ours we followed him around for a little bit with revivals and like traveling with almost him. a month wasn't it yeah he was traveling and doing different churches in the area and we enjoy following him he's again a great friend great preacher yeah and um he was preaching that night on <laughs> it was one of those messages where you know it's for you as soon as he yeah. reads out the text. And he, he, he said, he started with the text and it was Samson. I think I went to the bathroom <laughs> as he was reading it. And I was just like, oh, no. This one's for me. <laughs> this one's for me. <laughs> and I you're know walking it. out. You know, when you're feeling it, you're like, oh, this one's for me. I know it. And then uh, I got back in. I think that's what happened. Yeah, I got back in there, sat down. And about 10 minutes into the message, I was already ready to pray. All, all you're saying is if you'll just if you'll just stop, <laughs> yeah, just just pull the op- <laughs> just pull the altar call right now and I'll do it. No, it was uh, he was preaching. I'll never forget this. He, he was preaching rockabye baby. <laughs> he was preaching rockabye baby, and uh, it seems like a silly topic. You weren't there. Usually he was there, but he had church that night. John had church that night, yeah. so he wasn't able to be there. Um, I do remember you telling about this story. Yes, though. it was Rockabye Baby, and he was preaching about Samson. How you know when every time Delilah would wake Samson up, yeah. and and betray him. This, by the way, blows my mind that he was so trusting every time. I don't understand that. If the first time I woke up and I happened to tell someone I trust very much, yeah, this is the only thing that uh. That makes me weak, and I was and then just joking. You wake up, and that thing happens. Yeah. Oh, look at this! Look at all these new, new plants or whatever. These new vines that they new have. Vines. What was hemp. it? New ropes. New hemp, I think, or hemp. something like. Yeah. Only new green ropes, whatever it was. I'd have to look I it up to be go sure. Back. I wouldn't go back. Yeah, to that you person wouldn't. Anymore. You wouldn't say anything else. You'd just go nothing, nothing. I don't <laughs> have a secret at all. <laughs> I have nothing. no secret. Stop trying. But I guess he was just. Then again, he did get to beat up some Philistines every time, so maybe he was trying to do that. That's but fair. you never tell her the real thing. I, again, I can't say too much because I haven't had a girlfriend, but I'm even despite all the begging and pleading, you know she's going to do that because every other time it's happened. So it just it was funny. Plenty but experience but every <laughs> time he would tell her a thing, and then guess what he'd do? He'd go right to sleep. Yeah, you, it's weird it's how sleeping works. Well, it's weird how sleeping works because – we do have to do it, but when you do, it's so trusting. It's such a trusting thing because you're like when you're sleeping around someone that you don't know what's going on. You're completely, I mean, you know, you're at their mercy. And that's what he was saying is that the devil is rocking you to sleep and you don't realize it. You're just sitting there and you're thinking everything's okay. 
and he started off, and this is one of the greatest, <laughs> this, is, this is when I wanted to start praying as soon as he got done with this, is he is very, he's a very emphatic preacher, yeah. and he has a great way of accentuating everything he wants to say. And so he started reading the lullaby, Rockabye Baby. And it, by the end of it, it was just, I don't, I don't want to do an impression because I don't you know, want to be bad at this, but it, just the way he said it. He was, you know, reading it out, and the way he said it, you know, rockabye baby in the treetops, when the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall, and down will come baby, cradle, and all. I've never actually heard the whole yeah. the whole lullaby, so it's it's a sad. dark one. It's very dark, yeah. <laughs> it's very dark, and no one, know, you know, has a lot seen of those that. nursery rhymes are dark. Uh, like Jack and Jill. You, you know, just not get into all the things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was just gonna leave this it at that with the, no yeah, examples. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so he was reading that out, and at that point, I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to hear a whole hour of me wanting to go pray. <laughs> That's all I thought is, I was just, please get to the altar call, please get the altar call. And it turns out I wasn't the only one who he had thought of this. He started off his message by saying, "I've been praying for three people." He called out. He's like, "This message is for three people." I mean, he didn't. He didn't know you were gonna be there unless you told him, right? I was supposed to be at prayer meeting. I mean, uh, we <laughs> yeah, had prayer meeting, and I decided to go, and Granny wasn't there. No one was there. The no, Lord must church. have told him it was for you, then you were going to be oh, there. Oh, he knew. He yeah. Because he was praying. He's right. like, I'm praying I have three people on my mind when I prayed, and I was praying I lo- all I love day. how the Lord does that, man. Oh, yeah. Like, and it's he, just like he when he gives sad. a message to somebody, and it's for that person that's there that wasn't supposed to be there, but it's there. It's like God put yeah. it all together for you to get to sure. the point. The way, the way he preached... And the way he preaches even now is he had such a burden because he knew the people. And he's like, all day I've been praying and crying over this so I can do the right thing. You know, it, all day I've been talking about, you know, about talking to the Lord about these people and that I would have the right things to say for this. And and it just adds so much to it that you knew. And I knew it was me. <laughs> you know, and there were others <laughs> yeah. too, but it just, it was right to me. And so he preached the message, and at one point in the middle, I, this is going a little long, but... No, you're good. He preached the message, and in the middle of it, I'll be, I'm going to just come clean about all the things, you know, not all of it, and I'm not bragging on this, but just letting everyone know what I was getting delivered from. Uh, in particular, I was listening to uh, mostly Metallica and Megadeth and things of that kind of early thrash era, and then some, a little modern metal stuff, but mostly metal. A couple other things that were not bad, but I kind of knew that there were evil influences in metal, but I thought, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm listening to the good metal. Because <laughs> yeah. there is, there, I know that there is evil influence in metal, but the it's stuff like, I was listening like, to it's was... Like we say, it doesn't have any curse words, sure. so it must be good. Right. But it was like that. Yeah, the influences are all wrong. Sure, because it's, it's who's doing it, and they didn't love the Lord and they weren't doing it for that purpose. Exactly. So I was listening to Metallica and Megadeth and, and all these other metal bands that I don't listen to anymore. Thank the Lord. But in the middle of the message, he came up to me and you know, he plays bass. He knew the life of a musician, at least a little. And he was like, you know, brother Bill, it's so great to have music. We love music. He's a great bass player. You, you, and he's standing right here, you know, right in front of me. But, you know, the devil uses music, and it's easier for him to tell you that it's okay. And, I mean, it was right to me. It couldn't have been any clearer. And he wasn't saying it in an accusatory manner. He wasn't saying, like, I know who you are, but he didn't have to. I knew he knew (laughs) it was me. You know, that's all he had to say. And I I realized that. I was like, okay. 
and I had known that from the minute he started, but it still managed to show that just he just knew what the struggles were. Mm-hmm. Not just that I was struggling, but he knew what those struggles were, which was just, you know, it helps so much to know that somebody cares not only for, wh- you know, that you're going through it, but what you're going through and how to pray for what you're going through. And so he went through that, and uh, eventually he finally got done with the message and gave the altar call. And it was a great message. I'm not saying that, like, it was It was just when you feel conviction and you know you're going to go pray, you're ready to go pray. But I was glad he got through that whole message. It was great. Um, and then I went down and prayed and fully gave my life up to the Lord. And then it, I followed him around, you know, when he was preaching some. And uh, it kind of started getting a little stagnant of just, you know, still going to church. I wasn't fully back into everything I was doing, but it just wasn't the same. And and it, I think it was because I hadn't fully given everything over. I just kind of, you know, I'd said, forgive me for all of this, but I was still in control. Yeah, we always we're always trying to keep our own lives at bay, and it's not easy unless you have God in the mix to keep it at bay for you. Sure. Who was it? I know Brother Tony Stidham was the one that you were just talking about, yeah. but then you had another another evangelist that you were following at after that that yes. helped you a lot more. After a little bit, I went up about a month and a half ago to Dothan, Alabama, to a youth camp there. Uh, which is different than the usual youth camp I go to. Um, but I was like, we had thought about doing it uh, for a little bit. And so I was like, maybe this will be a good camp. And John had highly suggested it, you know, and said this is a really great camp to go to. And his church had been very helpful about getting me to go and, and wanting us to go. And uh, and while we were there, the services started out, I mean, some of the best I've ever been in. And I've been going to youth camp for a while, but this was something different. And then it kept getting better and better, and and I was really getting help in the altar, but it was still like, you know, I hadn't given everything up, and some of it was emotionally driven, you know, of just feeling it more than, than actually praying. And, and then Friday afternoon, they always had an afternoon. They didn't really have, they had a morning service, and then they had like an afternoon, they did like a skit, and then they did like... You know, sometimes it would be a preacher or somebody giving a testimony. But Friday afternoon was uh, Brother Anthony Swafford, who all week had been playing the drums. And let me say. Phenomenally. I have never heard anyone go like it was just on a whole nother level. And there were some insanely good drum players at that meeting. And he was yeah. he was head and shoulders above them both in playing ability and in stature he's about Man, six, I'm hearing six. so much about this guy playing the drums i'm just like <laughs> i need to go see this guy. He, yeah, you, sh- you this should come tonight youth camp next year he monday monday yeah. yeah monday night what what day did he play it was monday night right i think he started on tuesday maybe tuesday night him and his wife and his brother-in-law got up to sing and he got on the drums and they just were asked to sing a song and it turned in, his wife can sing insanely good. It's a, one of the best sopranos I've heard. Her I voice mean, is so high and powerful, it's great. I mean, I love name dropping people like this. Cause it's and consistently. Like, she sang yeah. the, with the same amount of power, like vocal power, yeah. on Friday as she did. And then the we were in a two week revival. It's yeah, crazy. we were in a two week revival with him, and same thing. I yeah. Mean, if you're doing the right thing and you're singing correctly, you can do it. I mean, it won't tear your voice apart over time. Sometimes it will a little bit, but honestly, it will help. There's a lot of voice training in that. Yeah, so, you know, it was, um, 
it was great. But they went up and sang, and, and I tell you what, he played the drums. He played for a long time because it broke out the service, and he was playing. Yeah, very casually. And I was I was grinning the entire time. Every time he played, I Both could us, not dude, stop just smiling. Sitting there just he would do up. something. He would hit some move on the drums like it was nothing. He was so humble about it, like nothing was going on. And he, he was like, he doesn't usually play. He was like, yeah, I'm a evangelizer, and I don't play. Like, I haven't he, played in, like, I three months. Played, yeah, he's like, this is the most i played in a couple months. And I was like, that's what you're doing now? That sounds you're like what brother, brother Derek Rich did in, in uh, youth <laughs> yeah, camp. Yeah, he would. Like, he's just playing really good and casually just making it sound sure. the best. He'd hit these moves, and I just hit catch his eyes. I'm like, that's what you're pulling out right here in the middle of the service? <laughs> just hitting something like that like it's nothing? Just went in your bag and just yeah, pulled yeah, that just out. Boom. His, his warm-up <laughs> is more advanced than oh, the best great. thing I can and, play. And the thing is, and I'll describe how he played a little bit. It, there's people who play a lot of notes. There's people who play a lot of things going on on the drums, and you could tell it's overplaying. Right. It just sounds like it's too much. It distracts you. Right. He was playing a lot of things. He was playing a lot of notes, and it was right on where it needed to be. It wasn't too much. It wasn't too little. It was perfectly in the pocket all the time. And he played some crazy, complicated stuff, but it sure. just fit so well. The bass player who was playing, Brother Chad, insane as well. One of the best bass players I've ever heard. And also a really good drummer. He's insane on the drums, too. But the way they played together, just every time, lit that stage up. you got to have a good bass player and a good drummer. That's what they it. said. And this is what they said that was so telling. Is is I was like, you guys do so well together. You're amazing. You're so good. And they were like, he makes it easy. And then the other <laughs> one goes, well, he makes it easy. <laughs> yeah. You know, they both were helping each other. And it is true. That's how it works. Is that It's a give and take and sometimes if you're both really good and you listen then you both can work with each other so much that it it, be, it just is easy for you everything you do sounds good and everything they do sounds good because yeah. you're both doing it. i really hope that if we get to play again mm. at lake placid yeah i really hope we get to that point <laughs> where it's just like well this is great and it's like well it's because of him go yeah. ahead and beg to be on the drums or beg yeah, to yeah. Be on the beg. we gotta beg and <laughs> we're really trying to get to that moment yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no I, I think it was it was fantastic. We, I loved hearing him play. But then I hadn't heard him preach. We were already good friends by the end of the week. You know, we talked a lot. And it's, it's really easy to become friends with Brother yeah. Anthony. It helps to be a, a little, you know, a little tiny bit taller than him. He's six six. I'm six seven. So that was a good bonding point as well. And it's um, just sad for me at my <laughs> nice stature of five yeah. ten. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. But but anyhow, I hadn't heard him preach, and uh, and he preached Friday afternoon. And uh, he was preaching about Eli Elisha. And uh, this is one of my favorite, most interesting miracles. Elisha had some of the most interesting miracles in the Bible. Um, it was when the, they were chopping wood. There was a group of men chopping wood. Oh, I love the story. Yeah. And, and one of the men, the axe head broke off of the axe and fell into the water. And and he said, it's borrowed. You know, he was crying, alas, it is borrowed. So he can't pay for it. You know, he can't. It's a borrowed axe head and a borrowed axe. And uh, and Elisha, uh, he threw sticks in the water. Is that right? I, I think it so. is. He threw sticks in the water and the iron floated. You can look it up. Yeah, there. that's probably smarter. <laughs> yeah. Just so we Do that because I got to remember what his message was about. <laughs> this music is great. No one can hear it. Um, and so the scripture here says, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was filling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. 
And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he shewed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee, and he put out his hand and took it. And what's the reference for that? Oh, I'm sorry. This is Second Kings 6 and f- starting in 4. Um, and, and he was preaching on, you know, on showing where you fell and being able to rise from that. So sometimes you feel like your heart is weighed down by, by the iron weight of sin yeah. and, and the things that you hold on to. But, it, you know, it starts sinking to the bottom. But then all you have to do is say, here's the place where I fell. Here's the place, you know, and the man of God is going to say, where'd you fall? Where'd you, where'd you lay those things? You know, where'd you lay yourself down instead of laying the things aside that you should have? And then he'll, you know, he'll give you something and it will, it'll help you rise to the top and you will swim despite the iron, despite the weights. You can lay those aside as best as I can remember. It's been a little bit and I have, I can listen back to it. I got a recording of that so I can hear it. Oh, you did? Yes. Um, so I can hear it back and, and refresh myself on what he exactly said. All I remember is that I went down and I prayed as soon as he had gotten done and really gave everything up and gave myself up. And that's what I had really been missing all week. And since I had gotten saved those last you know several months, that I finally was able to just lay everything aside and say, you know, here it is. I'm putting that all uh, you know, on you and you take all of that and I could just walk how I need to walk in you without right. every, you know, every weight that doth easily beset us. It's, it was, it was amazing. And there was a lot of things that got laid aside with that. Some things were easy, some things were harder, but I find that's, that's going to be a testimony that you'll yeah. never forget. Oh, sure. You know, that's, that's that one thing. When you get saved, you don't, ref- you don't forget that day. No, that day is like, you can replay it and replay it and replay it. You might not re- remember the date, but you can play it and play it and play it back in your head. And yeah. One thing that I've always loved about youth camp is you come in on that, that first that Monday night service, you're like, man, this is the best service I've ever been in. <laughs> and then you come in on Tuesday, and it's, it's the best service I've ever been And it yeah. just gets more and more. It really was. And Monday started off on an unbelievable high note. I mean, yeah. it was crazy. They were like, this is Monday. And then it, yeah, by Friday, like it was going amazing. Somebody got saved what Thursday night? I think it was. I think it was Thursday. Thursday night, and like the service kept going. That was uh, Mount Sinai. You talking about? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. At Mount Sinai, there was somebody who got saved. At you know, was praying, and you almost forgot that they got saved because like the service kept going for thirty minutes after that. So wow. you're like, you know, people were getting the Holy Ghost, people yeah. were praying, people were getting help, and then you got done with the service. Like somebody got saved tonight. A guy who was in the <laughs> neighborhood yeah. just came in and got saved. You know, his family. He came in and prayed and got saved. And it's it that was same guy that we had in the, in the one episode that he was. Uh, uh, no, different not one. The same different guy. one. Okay. This was a guy, a different guy who had just. It was local people who just were trying to see what was going on. Yeah. And to give them respect, they went like three nights, which the services we were having is not. Uh, it's like you said when you went to that church service where you get scared. Yeah. You got to understand yeah, they, they that sometimes. Were holy roller services. Yeah, like these were these were some crazy services for people who have never experienced it they were a little not overwhelming but they were just intense for people who had lived it all their lives you know yeah so i was i was giving a lot of respect for them for sticking it out because it's a lot to go to but it was great the preaching was always great and and you know the services were amazing but the other thing is and one thing that was said that stuck with me out of that youth camp is that you know I think they had sang the song Anchored in Jesus, and, and they were saying, where is your anchor at? Are you anchored in the youth camp? Because then if you are, then 
when it's gone, what are you going to do? Exactly. <laughs> when it's gone, are you going to try to, oh, I'll just make it next youth camp. But he's like, that's why you keep going from youth camp to youth camp. And every youth camp, you seem to get saved and make it right. And I was like, oh, that's where I've been living. That we're le- we're yeah. leaning on something that's going to keep coming yeah. back. Yeah. We're anchored in something that is is timed. Yeah. We're anchored in something that's that's held by this event. We need to be leaning on something that's more everlasting than right. that. If you anchor in Jesus, then he's not going anywhere. He's Go going to walk with it, you Bill. at all. Preach <laughs> it right there. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to walk with you at all times. So you're just going to stop? You're not going to preach it? Oh, well, I'm just messing with him. I don't <laughs> want it to be two <laughs> no, hours you're long. Good. No, you're good. <laughs> no, we're not even two hours. We're like no, a, we're, we're like, not. We're, right, we're like right under an hour. That's fine. We're Considering good. the cut yeah. of the eight minutes before. Well, that's yeah. good. We're fine. We're having fun. And honestly, I don't care how long it goes. Because, again, we can listen to longer ones. But this is an important topic of our testimony. Yeah, we get to know each other. Like, yes. you get to know how you came up. get to know how sure. I came up. Let's just talk about where I, where I'm coming from I grew up and I was born in New York and I had to live with my grandmother for with my mom and for a very long time I want well, not very long time not two two maybe two years it was a long time at that time at that time I was very young time was very you know time is irrelevant cuz you when you're a kid you know you don't really think about how fast time goes for sure yeah so it was about two or three years around that time, and then we moved to Connecticut, where we ended up there for a very a very long time, about till I was twelve or thirteen years old. So from the age of three to when you were thirteen, yeah, just about. I moved here in two thousand four to Florida. I was only one, and I was thirteen years old when I moved here. Wow, yeah, made a lot of friends up in, in Connecticut, and then. You know, we you still keep in t- contact with any of them. I was very young, so I didn't ha- know how well, to. I didn't have a f- I didn't yeah. have a cell phone, and Facebook wasn't invented then. Yeah, it was 2004. There wasn't a lot of op- and options. I think MySpace wasn't even invented yet. Was it? Ooh. No, it was 2005. I think. I think 2005 was MySpace. Yeah, I think so. That was before my time. That's what the Google I'm guys. Only, for. Only heard yeah, let's look up how what time because I, I I'm not exactly sure when MySpace was out, but anyway, did you use it? I had a MySpace account. Oh wow, I had a MySpace account. I did, and I had it decorated out. I had the music and all the different, you know, whatever. You you go down my profile, and I had whatever I wanted on I there. I don't actually know what MySpace was. Well, Precursor good, good for you. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really showing. My it's age. basically Facebook with a bunch of decorations and stuff. However you wanted it, Wait, and you had down? a top ten friends list, by the way, it, which uh, started a lot of fights. Eight. <laughs> it was eight. You could have more, but it was like top eight. Top eight. Yeah. Well, my memory is job. It's no, no, no. I only know that I wasn't there. Only know that Weird Al. No, okay. That's, that's so you had a top, t- you had a top friends list, which started a lot of fights. Oh, yeah, it did. I, I believe it. And yeah, because you had you had your uh, friends that you put sure. your in your first order. So the first friend was your best friend. And if you went to school and you had all these friends on your friends list, why am I not on your five or your four? Am I not your best friend or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Started all those fights. It's essentially the social media version of the bridal party at your wedding. Yeah, it just it's just, just like why am I so far down on the list and you're just yeah. like, bro, I got I'm in a table friends. in the back. Why am I in all the way back? Well, that was there? like the best man. Yeah. That, <laughs> mm, but know. anyway. I didn't know how to keep up with them, so I just kind of like let them go. I moved down to sure. to Florida, but in Connecticut, my dad and you're gonna hear you 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 heard this in the other episode with JC because he has a similar testimony 
as far as our younger childhood because we were living in the same household. Um, my dad, he bought a three-story building, a family, a three-family house, and we went to. Um, it was like so a condo type thing. It was like a no, a three a three family building. Would you have three floors, and each floor was a home to live in. It had like three bedrooms, two baths. Each floor had that. So it was that's kind of cool. Actually. Yeah. So we owned we owned that. We were on the second floor, and the third floor was some family that you know they rented from us. But the first floor was always in and out. People always in and out of that place. And then one day we had a actual permanent not permanent but it was a tenant that was there that stood longer than most of the other ones we made friends we were in school together the kids were anyway we were went to school together and one day they invited us to church so we went ahead and went to church and my first experience in this church was very i want to say and not in a bad way please don't take this wrong but it was traumatic gotcha. because I've only been raised in a Catholic church before. And in yeah. Catholic churches, it's very organized. and It's almost stoic, right? Very calm. and you just, sit, you just sit there and you listen to the priest and you do your communions. Uh, you know, you have rituals that you do all the time when you go to church. And that's what that's what it was. Does he actually read the Bible in Latin? I was I was young, I was very young, right, to understand any of it. You know, I'm I'm older. Now that I'm older, and I look back to it. I don't. I look, I look at it from the outside in now, yeah. because I can see what they do. I can see. I can. I can look at their their religious things, how they do things, all that kind of stuff. I never really learned it for myself. It was just something that I, you know, picked up later on, what I what I was being raised in. But yes, they do read it. They, they some people do read it in Latin, and some people read it in the Apophrica. And the Apophrica is Apophrica Bible is basically the Bible with added books. They yeah. just they just put extra books in the Bible. Um, huh. And that's kind of cool, actually. It's not. It's I actually mean, the, not the concept. The concept, but yeah, but there's books in the Bible that are misleading because, you know. That in the Bible, if the sixty-six books of the Bible, we're taught not to pray for the dead. Yes, we're not. We're taught not to pray for them. Yeah. And in the Apophrica, they believe that once they die, we can do. We can pray to God to let them enter into heaven. Oh yeah, not cool. Yeah, it's not like that. It's the the Apophrica teaches yeah. that way, and then we but don't. We the don't Bible believe that. Bible says appointed unto men once to die. And yeah, and the then judgment. the judgment. It's there's no there, there's there's no yeah, middle purgatory. ground there. There's yeah. No Debatable, but I yeah, don't it, that's not what it, they're talking not about. Not the yeah, way but, that the but Catholics anyway, but the Catholic believe differently. Yeah, but anyway, I, it was so traumatic to me because, like I said, I had never witnessed this kind of church before. Yeah, looking at it now, that church was a Pentecostal church, and it was a Holiness Pentecostal church. It was a Black Holiness Pentecostal church. And you know where the black hole in Pentecostal so church? They got the, they got, they always got the, they always got the, the mama of the church, and they always got yeah. the auntie of the church, and they got the uncle of the church, and they, you know they got the pastor of the church. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know they they're fancy. 
They got their they got their nice hats. They got their nice suits. You know, uncle got the cane when he walks in. It's kind of stylish, you know. Yeah. But, it, yeah. but they but they that do that dress with the, the brass handle. And but they do dress holiness though. You know, yeah. they yes. do dress holiness. The um there's a there was the grandma of the church, and I love this grandma of the church because she reminded me of my grandma so much, and she she always wore really nice really nice clothing. Uh, lots of black and lots of little silver in it, and the hat she was always wearing. You know, she always wears something real nice, yep. elegance. You know, it was really nice. But this church, when the preacher was preaching, you know, I'm like maybe seven, eight, seven years old, somewhere around that age. I don't know exactly the age; just a long time ago. But there was preaching going on, and the moving of God was so strong in that place. There was a piano player. Her name was Penny. And it, and uh, when she was playing the piano, man, when she felt the Lord, she jumped off the piano, and she went to praising God, to worshiping. At that age, at that time, I had no idea what she was doing. I was scared. Yeah. Because there's somebody running around the church screaming and shouting in some language that I don't know. And I'm just like, what's going on? My body is shaking. The The uh, pastor's wife comes up and she asks me, are you okay? She's concerned. And I said, yeah, of course I'm okay. I'm not okay. But she tells me that if you're afraid, just know that this that you're feeling is God. Boy, that put a little that that put something in my in my heart because I just I, I don't I didn't know, and it it put a seed in my mind to know that God moves in churches like this. I've never seen that before. Yeah. And so, long story short, I I went to this church. I, I attended this for a very long time in Connecticut, and then I moved down to Florida. When I moved down to Florida. I leave church. I'm not in church anymore. I didn't want to go back to the church. Not that not that the church hurt me or anything. I just wanted to be my own thing. I just wanted to do my own stuff. I didn't I didn't really want to spend too much time doing things like like organized like that. Yeah. I just wanted to spend my own time. Be happy. Just you know, live life, be merry. Kind of like, you know, live laugh love kind of thing, but yeah. not religious way. And so Playing around, going to school, I was, my my language was so rough, man. I had a bad vocabulary, and I would cuss back and forth in school where mom didn't know I was cussing, and I got comfortable cussing at home, in front of mom, in front of my dad, in front of my brother. I'm telling you, this is how bad my language got. If I cussed in front of my mom, dude, she'd beat me to a pulp. Yeah, and I and and listen. That's the fear that I had, but after a while, I started getting comfortable with it. I'm telling you, like sometimes yeah. you get you get lost in this stuff, it's man. It's hard. It you get lost in it, but I, it's just like you don't care. You really yeah. don't care because you're just really living don't. a life that you that you want to do. It doesn't matter what mom says. It doesn't matter what dad says. It's just what I want. I'm living a life. No one can tell me what to do. No right. one can. No I one can tell me how to live decisions. my own life. Exactly. And it's so, part of who you are now. Yeah, it's your well, vocabulary and who are they to say something about exactly. it. Exactly. You know? and, and so 
Go ahead. This was probably at like fourteen or fifteen. No, this is this is me and um well maybe yeah maybe maybe fourteen fifteen. I was in middle school at the time. I have no idea. How I just old started. I just started school in middle school. I was about fourteen, fifteen years old. You're right. Well, you're you right. S- you said you you moved to Florida. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I'm giving you the credit. You're right. You're right. Yeah, stop digging him into the ground over I'm this. I'm sorry. There's a shovel. No, no, you said this. I put this in my mind together. There's a so shovel, right. and it's yeah. digging a hole, and you have it in your hand. Dude, put the coffin down. Stop hitting my back with it. Put the coffin down, buddy. You keep trying to throw the coffin in the grave. So, yeah, I was around 13, 14, 15 years old, somewhere around there. I was in middle school, and... I felt like I was so bad. I was I could do whatever I wanted to do. So guess what? I got a friend who was in a gang. I wanted to join a gang. You know, I wanted I wanted to just because I just because I wanted to. That's it. Just because yeah. you could. Just because I wanted to. And I wanted to be bad. I wanted to be someone who if I can I can step up to myself and be who I want to be, I can join a gang and be a, in a brotherhood type of stuff. And bro, I'm telling you Looking at it now, it's such a, it was so bad, dude. Yeah. I regret a lot of my decisions that I made when I was younger. Really bad, dude. My mom probably didn't even know this, that I was in the gang kind of thing. I was tr- I was drawing up logos in, in my notebooks. Yeah. I was, sketch- I was uh, etching into the desks different, you know, gang signs. I had handshakes with my, a couple people gang sign handshakes you know to a point where another gang <laughs> on the campus saw that and had beef with me i had bro i was ready at that point yeah. i felt like i was ready to take on anything yeah. but you know what i did hmm. i ran to the uh, to the gang that i was uh, yeah. affiliated with and said yo they they want something so let's go you know and we lined up out in the in the schoolyard we lined up in the front schoolyard, buying up toe-to-toe kind of thing and getting ready for the first person to pull off something, you know? Wow. Man, it was I'm telling you, it was rough. Yeah. Thank God nothing happened because I've I've heard of people having to go to the hospital sure. for just situations like this, man. Yeah. But I quickly learned that that's not the life for me. <laughs> I was a wimp. <laughs> I was a wimp. <laughs> That's not yeah. where I thought that was going to go. I was a wimp. Dude. I really was. Because if you need a gang to feel safe, yeah. then, then, then what are you? Sure. You know, why do you need a gang to feel safe? You know, if, if, I, want, if, I, if I thought I was bad, why did I need someone else to get my right. back? Yeah, you should have been up against the gang. Not yeah, I, I should really have. Bad. I should have stand toe to toe with the gang myself at that point. Yeah. But I, but you know, I needed somebody else behind me. So that's the situation that I was in. Sure. So, and and let me go deeper into this. You know, I had a girlfriend. That's impressive. Yeah, I had a girlfriend that um, I felt like I. I thought I loved this girl. I, we had we were we were friends for a while in school, and then we just clicked, and we just decided to be better better than be, yep. than friends. Yep. You know. Gotcha. I made mistakes, man. I. <sighs> it's okay. It's okay. Honestly. I made mistakes, and I was around at that age, fourteen, fifteen years old, yep. making mistakes that. 
little kids like that shouldn't shouldn't live. Yep. I lost my virginity at that age. Yeah. And all all because of fun. All because I wanted to do something that the adults get to do. Right. You know, it was it was hard. It's hard to look back at that and see that's what I was, man. Because I because I thought I could be a man. I thought I could do whatever I wanted to do. That that was going to be my my happiness, my happy place. Down the road, her mom came over to my mom's house, knocked on the door. I answered the door, and her mom was crying. Let me tell you, crying, tears down her face when I opened the door. Mom heard it. She came to the front door at the same time. Oh, no. So she goes, did you have sex with my daughter? While she's crying. Yes. Crying. I'm telling you. You look at this crying, you'd you think she's really feeling pain. Yeah. That ugly crying. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. I did not care. I said yes. And she said, you know, you understand that if you could get my gr- my daughter pregnant, there would be a lot of problems here. I said, I understand. I I literally did not care about anything i had no care whatsoever looking back i'm just like what kind of a guy was i yeah this is horrible dude and i thought i was a man so me and my mom talked down me sat down we talked it up we kind of just said you know she kind of gave me the birds and bees talk and you know i respected her i respect my mom a hundred percent but I'm telling you, like like I said, I did not care what anybody said, what anybody thought. I just kept on doing it. I did not care. But later on, I found out that she was cheating on me, and my heart broke. She's the same girl that I was taking to church with me, and she ended, well, you know, we have our beliefs in church. We're yeah. Pentecostal holiness. We yes. wear long pants. We wear yeah. the girls wear skirts, and you know they they don't cut their hair, all that kind of stuff. She felt like she wasn't welcome because of her lifestyle, because of the way she dressed. When I was taking her to church, she felt that it wasn't rejection. It was just we had a standard. Absolutely. And when she felt like she was rejected, I felt like I was rejected at that point too because I thought I loved this girl. I, sh- I, I did. I, I thought I loved her. So I wanted to go away with her all the time. But after I found out that she cheated on me, my heart broke. And I didn't do, I, I, I couldn't function. I could not function for a very while, for a good while. And I was in church acting like I was saved I went down to the altar and I prayed. I I didn't really pray. I just went down there to look like I prayed to give the impression impression that I cared. Wow. When I didn't care. I've done it. It's a hard place to be in. And I got up 
And the first question people ask you, did you get saved? Yeah, I believe I got saved. It was a lie. All to please people around me. And, um, you know, it's, it's sad looking at it now. And it's heartbreaking. I'm dealing with a heartbreak. And I'm trying to deal with lying to the church, you know. While I'm dealing with this heartbreak, I'm starting to rob people. <laughs> I'm starting to go to stores and steal from stores, put things in my pocket so I can just, you know, I, I went to a deep hole. I ended up going to Walmart one day and with a couple friends, not going to say who they are. But I got arrested in Walmart while shopping and my mom and dad and brothers were in the store with me, with me at the time. I ended up going into the asset protection uh, room where they hold you until the cops get there. Mom didn't know where I was until I walked out with the handcuffs on my hand. You know, imagine <laughs> imagine going to Walmart to get your groceries and your son walks into a police car while you're shopping. You know, how heartbreaking that is for my mom to have to deal with. So went to the juvenile center and mom had mom just, you know, you know, mom loves you. So she went and she bailed me out of that juvenile cell, went home, dealt with the repercussions of it. I had to basically go to court. I had to go to scared straight program, which is basically going to a jail and actually seeing what they do. They opened the jail cell in the main floor. We went to the main where they where where they all kind of chill at. They kind of hang out area. Yeah, the inside. We went in there and they opened all those cells. All those inmates. I mean, I I think they're part of the program, so they they're meant to scare you. Yeah. Well, I was so scared. I thought I was tough at that time because you know you're you're doing all this stuff that you think you're bad. These guys, they scared me straight. (laughs) I don't want to live that life no more. So. And how old were you at this point? Same age. I was. I was. Oh, actually, at that age, I was. I was uh, seventeen. I was seventeen years old. I was so like blessed to not be 18 at the yeah. time because I would have been charged as an adult and I would have been in that cell. You get what I'm saying? So yeah, you would you wouldn't have had that chance to correct your path. My life would have been so different if I was 18 and that happened. Yeah. Yes. You know, it would have been so different right now. But it, it was 17 and I got caught stealing. My mom saw me getting handcuffs in the cop car. Got to go to court. Got to go to scare straight program. And the one thing that I feel so ashamed of is I had community service hours that I had to do. The, the, the court and the, and the scare straight program was nothing as far as that. But the community service hours. Remember, I said I was saved in this church. I went yeah. to the church, and the only place I knew to get community service hours fast was to do it in church. Wow. And I went there and I claimed that the community service hours were to help me graduate. Oh, man. 
I lied because I didn't want to seem like I was a bad kid. You know, I wanted to put on the fake persona that I was putting on already when I was down there pretending to pray, pretending to be saved, and putting on all that mask for everybody to see. Was that at was that at this church at this time? I was at this church, this man. Church. Yeah, that was this church. That's what I'm just, just filling the timeline out. Yeah, yeah. I was 17 years old, wow. claiming to be saved, and yeah. I literally lied to the church about community service hours. Whether I lied or not, you know, if I had told the truth, I'm sure I would have still got the hours, and I would have still, you know, it would have been done with if they known that I had stolen from somewhere and got court dates and got yeah. community service, it would have all been fine because we know that, you know, when you pray, it's all in the blood. But I know that I didn't pray. Exactly. I know that I didn't care. Yeah. You know, I just went down there to make a, give a fake identity to say I'm saved because I'm tired of everybody saying, are you saved? Are you saved? Are you saved? And I was trying to live my own life. You know, and now here you are at yeah. this point lying to their face again just to keep up this charade. Right. Yes. Man. So that's just it's just it's it's hard to, to think about this right here. But now let me tell you I had someone in my life after this heartbreak that I had after this whole that I went through, I uh, I found someone to love, and who is my current wife right now, and I'm telling you, the love that I thought I had, <laughs> the love that I wanted to have, was not what I needed. The love that I needed was from the wife that I have right now. Yes. Because the love that I have right now is the love from God. Right, absolutely. You know. Sure. I am um, grateful and thankful because the Bible says all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Yeah. Was I doing what I needed to do at that moment? that moment? No. But did I have a calling on my life? I did. That's right, yeah. I had a calling on my life. I had to follow through with the calling. Did I know what it was? No, I did not know what it was. God shows me later on what my calling would be. Yeah. Well, you think about uh, Brother Michael and Sister Linda meeting while they were not saved. Yeah. Getting, you know, getting married. They were called and they had no idea. And, and you know, for 13 years, Granny was saved and, and my papa still wasn't. But right. it took time, and, and that calling doesn't go away. And if it's the right person for you, then it's up to you to stick that out and work with it and just right. keep going, you know, and, and you'll get to the right place eventually. Yeah. And mind you, I didn't know if she was the one for me. I wanted to make sure that this was the right move. So... I felt in my heart, you know, I needed to pray about this, you know. It's a good thing to do. Yeah. In 2010, let me tell you that I got saved. I was in a youth camp. This is 27, 
tw- I was 17 years old when I got arrested. And two years later, just about two years later. So 19. Yeah, I was 18 years old when I was, when they invited me to youth camp just the very next year. Oh, not the very next year. I was about to be 19, so two years after that. I filled out the papers for youth camp. And at the time, I was 18. I hadn't turned 19 yet. When I when I did this, when it came to the time for youth camp, I went in and I said, hey, I'm 19. I know I'm supposed to be a worker, but my paperwork says camper. Oh, man, don't worry about it. You can be a camper this year. We'll be a worker sure, next year, yeah. you know? So the best part about that is that when you're being when you're a camper, you're basically you're basically told take all take your phone and all your electronic devices and put them in the bag, and we're gonna focus on God. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. That whole week, I got close to God. I knew my life before. I knew my life what I was, and when I got when I got in youth camp. I had so many positive influences, so many different people, so many, so many different stories of, of, you know, testimonies that helped me to understand it's not, you're not very different from anybody else. You're just going through something that you don't, you've never been through before. People have gone through it. They can tell you. And while I'm up there, I think it was Friday night. It was Friday night, the 25th of, of June. 2010 it was the last night of youth camp and all the week before i was i was kind of in the church but i was trying i was trying to worship but i really couldn't because of how tired i was it was you know you're up early yeah you're going to sleep late you got all the different activities you got to do it's it's you're running it's, constantly you're running yeah you're day. running but friday night the service was so good God was just moving so like so strong. God showed me, and you've heard this in my testimony one time before. I prayed back and forth down the church hall on the side of the church seven times. And each time I went back to the front where the altar was, God showed me a different people, different members of my family up in the front of the church worshiping in my mind, mentally. It was an image that I had. Went back and forth on the seventh time. All of my family that I have was up front worshiping God. I fell to my face and I cried and worshiped the Lord about it because I knew that I needed to have a family to go to go to church with, to serve God with. Brother Michael had his carpenter hands. I'm telling you, these big, big old hands on my back praying for me nothing i literally could not tell you how much i felt like he was helping me pray interceding while i was praying and i i told god i'm sorry for my life i'm sorry for everything that i've done because i i i was i was living a mess i came up crying and i knew that it was under the blood all of it and um I gave it all to God. But fast forward to it, I was just talking with my wife. At the time, I didn't know she was my wife. I wanted to pray. 
I prayed and prayed and prayed. So I, I felt the Lord show me Psalms twenty seven fourteen. Can you look that up? Just make sure I'm I'm, sure. I'm right. Yeah. Well, I, I got it right here. I can do it. I already got the Bible left up. Did you? Yeah. I was gonna say a scripture, but I'm gonna wait. Just I'll I'll say stuff at the end, and then yeah. that'll work. Yeah, I got it right. So I'm okay. Psalm twenty seven fourteen. Up too, but. but I prayed and the Lord showed me Psalm twenty seven fourteen and I held on to that for a long time. It says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And what God was telling me was you don't need the answer right now. It'll come. But just be strong. So I told my wife, let's just pray and keep in mind that the Lord's going to show us. He gave us three confirmations. Three. One confirmation, we had Granny praying, and when she prayed, she spoke a message saying that we were going to be winning souls together. I looked up. I She had a hand on my head. I don't know who she has a hand on somebody else's, who she's speaking to, because she said, you guys are going to win souls together. I'm only one person, so I look up and I see yeah. that she has her hand on, on my wife. Yeah. And at that point, confirmation. The yes. Lord just spoke. Second time, Papa told us he felt peace about this decision. Third time, we were in prayer. Mama put our hands together while we're in a prayer circle. Mm. And while we prayed, everybody prayed together about that. That to me was three confirmations. I felt that was the Lord showing me the love that you thought you had wasn't what you needed. Yes. The love that you have here is what you need. This is what you need to have. We got married, got kids. I'm telling you, man, I feel so God was in it all the way through. But all that sin in my past, you know, all because I thought I had something that I didn't need. I, I thought I had something that I wanted. I didn't yes. need it. I didn't need all that. Sure. You know, the Lord showed me I needed something else. And it's all under the blood. Today, I'm free from it. I'm living a life of salvation. I'm I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm praying for the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know, the Bible says the Holy Ghost shall is is with you and shall be in you. I'm waiting for that shall be. But yes, up till today, this is my testimony, man. I'm wow. I'm saved and I'm serving God. The best that I know how to, and I'm telling you, that's a that's a that's a, a big story. Well, what an unbelievable story! I mean, and with you know, if you don't look at the big picture, it's impossible to see what's going on. I was thinking about in those magazines, you know, if you've ever seen these, sometimes they'll have a fun little game they play where they have a uh, a little tiny box and it has an image in it, and yeah. you, and you look at it, and it doesn't make any sense. You're like, what is this? I don't know what it is. And then you flip the page and they show you the whole picture. 
And it's like at your life, if you had looked at that one moment, say you being in a gang, say you being in, you know, going to, to jail and then going to scared straight for stealing something when you said you were saved, lying about community service, right. any part of that, you're like, where's the Lord's plan in this? Where is it going? You know, is my life just going to be this? And then you slowly zoom out and bring the focus to the whole picture. And it's the most beautiful image you've ever seen. That whole story is the culmination of your life so far. And it's only getting better at this point. Right. You know, it's not peaking. It's continuing to go up. And so I think that is uh, a magnificent way that God helps us to understand how our life in the future is going to be is with the past. Right. Because it's, you know, unbelievable. And while you were talking about it, uh, you know, I've had a lot of experience with with what you were talking, <laughs> you know, when you were speaking about lying in church and about what you really felt. Because I think, you know, when you grow up in church, that's a lot of what you do in your younger years. It's just, you know, some people really get it when they're young and they're saved and live, save their whole life. But yeah. some people, it takes a lot more. And I was reminded of that scripture. It's um, in, hold on, let me pull it up again. I had it for a minute here. It is in Matthew 23 and 27. In Matthew chapter 23, uh, this whole chapter is Jesus speaking to the multitudes, and the entire chapter is speaking about the Pharisees. Uh, It's a really fun chapter to read um, when you think about people who are hypocrites and, and things like that that gives you hope of how you should act. Because we've all been hypocrites in one place or another. And it's about, you know, making sure you're not of the scribes and Pharisees that follow the law and hold everybody to an impossible standard but don't care enough to do it yourself. But um, here, Matthew uh, 23 and 27 says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outwards, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. And, and that's a big part of how we live is um, if we are nothing but cleaning the outside of the tomb, you know, we talked about Absalom a couple episodes ago and we showed the uh, Absalom's place where his tomb was held and it's a beautiful building. But what is that celebrating? It's celebrating the life of a man who was rebellious to his father, who wanted to kill him, who tried to revolt and, and cause the death of many. Right. In his own party, he caused the death of many. His his second-hand advisor killed himself because he wouldn't follow his advice. And, and then Absalom lost his life because of that. And it looks beautiful on the outside, but what's really there is nothing but, you know, dead bones inside. And sometimes we do that as Christians, where if we're in church, we, we, we shine the tomb up. But mm-hmm. we're not going to be here for, forever. If we're trying to, you know, find all the things of the world, you know, you went through a lot. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of things in there that you kind of covered. You almost covered the, uh, you know, they have that whole, um, what is it? Oh, the, the seven deadly sins. Yeah. It's like anger, greed, you yeah. know, lust, all of these sins that, that are kind of covered because, you know, there's some we may not get to, but I think most of us have hit all of them at one point or another. And, you know, when you get through all of that, then you trying to hide it, you know, is, is is it feels easy to you. But then later on, you look and you say, "If only they had known. If only they had known how to pray for me instead of thinking everything was okay." Yeah. Because the truth is, when you were talking about Papa putting his hands on you and praying, and you feeling that peace, is 
one of the, my deepest regrets about not truly getting saved until later, you know, in life is that he wouldn't, he's not here to see it in person. Yeah. He's here to see it afterwards, but you know, right. I didn't have that opportunity where I appear to be a different person entirely. You know, my transformation is complete and have him pray with me, you know, or, or any of that. I'm glad that he's where he's at because I know I'm going to go see him now, but it's a hard thing to go through where you realize that, you know, the entire time you spent with that person, you weren't really honest with who you were in the Lord or anything. And that's really what you feel, you know. You yes. When you're living a life of a lie, you, you really regret every minute of it once you do right. turn around and get saved. Well, our bodies were made to please the Lord. And when we're not doing that, it takes a toll on us. And sometimes it takes a long time to feel those effects. But it's like you said. Sure. You thought you felt happiness. You thought you felt love. You yeah. thought you felt joy in the things you were doing. All in the wrong places. But it's never, it's never truly, I mean, you know. We had a service tonight where we had so much fun playing that music. Yeah. And it seemed like all the songs were great. Mm-hmm. And we were all enjoying, you know, you know, me and you were looking back and we're like, <laughs> yeah, this is great. And we're, you know, changing it up. I love that. That is true joy. There's times where you go into church services and everything is moving. The Lord is is causing everything to be perfectly in line with what he wants. Yeah. And it's the greatest joy you can experience. And, and sometimes you, you know, you get things that are close to that, you feel, but it's no comparison. Yeah. But it was a fantastic testimony. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I appreciate all the things you said because there wasn't a whole lot that was left out other than things that would cause people pain, names, you know, things of that nature. Yeah, but they want to make too many names. Sure. In this. No, that's that's perfect. And I think that I'm glad you said what you said because everything is, is important. Yeah. You know, and the Lord has us say things for a reason. And our testimony is not to give glory to what we went through. Right. It's to show who brought us through it. It's very, it's, it's, it's a hard thing to, to say your testimony. Yes. You know, I, I told Granny, my pastor, and one thing she told me was, the Lord's going to require you to tell it. Mm. And it hit me hard because yeah. it was hard for me to just tell them. Sure. And, what, and they're just people, yes. you know, they're, they're, my pastor the closest people to you my I pastor mean, you know. my grandmother my my mom my mother-in-law she's yes. you know it's sure. it's just like it's hard to tell them but now i gotta go and tell people who aren't as close as to, to me you know and i gotta tell it in the church tell it whenever the time comes sometimes you just wish you had the greatest testimony ever which is, I always served the Lord. Yeah. I was raised in church, and I never left church, and I was always serving the Lord. That's the testimony that everybody wants to it have. Is. Well, after you've done after lived your life. <laughs> yeah. A- after you've made all the mistakes. It's always, like, yeah. Man, I wish I had just stayed. Well, Papa used to always say hindsight is twenty twenty. I know? say it, too, all the it, time all now. All the time. It's just, that's how it is, though. Is you look at that, and even sometimes, you know, sometimes I get, you know, a little... Jokingly, I get a little flippant in myself and, and like, you know, man, why don't I have that good of a testimony? And somebody talks about the things they went through. Yeah. Because it's great as a testimony, but when you live through them, it's a lot different. It's yeah. a lot different. I'm, I'm grateful that when it came time to that coming of age, as you were talking about with, you know, the decisions that you make at that young age, I'm grateful that I didn't have the opportunity fully yeah. to go through with everything and, and, 
you know, there's a time and a place for that. And I'm grateful that I've been kept through that enough that I can wait until marriage. Yeah. It's from the Lord protecting me because there's a lot of things, you know. I went to Bartow High School, too, for at least a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and let me say the gang situation <laughs> has yeah. not changed a bit. No, I'm just no I mean, it's, it's it's gotten worse. I'd sin say. is sin. Yeah. It never stops. It gets worse. It does. And I think that's one thing that I wanted, I, I kind of want to bring up in another episode was sure. generational curses, man. It's just because when you're in, I was in school in 2004, you know what I mean? Yeah. In middle school. And my brothers are in that same school and it seems to be worse than when I was in there. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, it's, you think about it. We had a hard time, but look at their time now. Yeah, it's True. gotten so much worse now. We got so many political issues. We got so many, like, you know, I mean, not political as in, like, no, I country political. I mean, like, just political as in just, like, division. Yeah, yeah, division. It's just, it's hard, man, to deal with that. Well, human, human brains weren't designed to know the things they know as far as the influx of information at all times. Yeah. Like, think about, you know, the 1800s. You had to wait for, like, a month to get a letter from your best friend. <laughs> a guy on a horse rode up and was yeah. like, here's your letter. And the horse is, like, drinking out of a trough. He's so thirsty because he just rode 200 miles. Yeah. Now we just pull up our phones. Right now I can move the mouse on this computer and go over one thing, and I can see all the news that's going on. Yep. Biden addresses impeachment. Irish last names. Mitt Romney not seeking re-election. All of this just scrolling, yeah. scrolling, scrolling. You know, how Russia, how Ukraine it managed to hit a Russian submarine. I shouldn't know that. That's impressive. It's something that is over. I don't even know what Ukraine looks like on a map. Yeah. You know, if I were to pick it out, I'm jokingly saying that. But it's just you shouldn't have to know all this because it's we are living together in one place. Yeah. And a lot of the things that go on don't affect us. You know, really, we right. talk about it like it does, but most of the things, it doesn't change how we live our life. Yeah, but just but just understanding that there has to be a break in yeah. the in the generational curses that are going on right now, and we have to do something. You know, I mean, I'm trying to bring my kids to church when I can, because sometimes they're sick, you know, yeah. and sometimes we don't have the ability to do that to to bring them to church, but. I'm grateful that we have church online now. We yes. can we can listen and watch a church on Facebook and YouTube, you know, but do we want to have to do that all the time? No, we want them to be able to be in church and witness things firsthand because that's where the help is at. But I'm glad we had this conversation. I mean, I was talking yeah. most of the time. That's good. It was my testimony. Yeah. You said about wanting to, to actually bring your kids to physical church and there's a Bible verse about, I can't remember the reference, but about uh, not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together. Can you try to find I'm that for I'm me? I'm looking at it now. Um, and that's, that's really important because that's where you get some of your strength. Not all your strength. You get your majority of your strength from God, but you get help and togetherness from being around people of like faith. Yeah. And it's very important. And I, d I feel like a lot of people don't really understand that. Yeah, I think that's where we lose connection is when we try to stay home, you know. Yeah, there's a comment section. There's a mm. there's a there's a comment section with like, yeah, maybe thirty people on there that's typing up and everything like that. But it's that's not but that's same. not the same as being with your brothers and sisters of Christ. You know, it's sure. not the yeah. same. You're well, not there with. Go ahead, Bill. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Really. No, you're good. Um, 
It is Hebrews 10, and I'm going to start in verse 23. Just go through the phrase here. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Look at that, exhorting one another. I'm yes. You, that's I mean, just even giving your testimony to somebody, and it doesn't have to be a full hour-long thing of us talking about it. It could just be just this little part of it. Again, you know, sometimes our whole testimony doesn't apply to everyone. No, because we don't know. You know, we 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 don't always apply to everyone. But if you take a part and say, "Hey, I'm struggling with that too. I understand. I've gone through that." Yeah, you know, it's it's so great of the gang thing. You know, you may Mm -hmm. have to talk to your brothers and say, "Hey, everything I learned about being a gang tells me you shouldn't be in one." I'm hoping that my mom has them listening to this right now. I hope so too. Like if they've heard, if they're listening to this. You guys, don't don't do it. It's not worth it. You have you have me and your brother, and you have family. We don't need a gang. The right. gangs don't do anything for benefit. It's a trap. Well, and you have that's why we have things like church youth groups. That's why we have things like you know the youth talking to each other and getting together. Youth camp. Mm-hmm. What is youth camp but a large gang of people who want to serve God and worship the Lord? Yeah, that's what we want. And our you know. Our human instinct is to have, you know, is to talk to one another and communicate. We want to have those things. I love, you know, when we're in the in crowd and you have all these inside jokes and you talk to people. I personally would never join a gang to get that. You know, yeah. I don't call it a gang anyway. I would, I'll call it, you know, whatever it was. But you call it small groups. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, uh, you know, it's it's just you have things that you want to be a part of. You want to know the hand signs. You want to know the in crowd. You know, you want to have an affiliation with the group. That's what all the political stuff is now, is you want to be in on the group. You want to talk, you know, I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. You want to do all this stuff and get it, you know, where you know what this group is and you know what that group is. But the truth is, is we don't always fit into a group. We don't always fit into a category. And, you know, we don't need to always know everything about anything. Yeah. It it is very, it's very beneficial to look at the people around you and say, did they want me to be at my best? Did they want me to serve the Lord and go to heaven? If they don't, I shouldn't be around them. You and know, if, or I should be witnessing to them. You know, at my, at my job, we have this thing, and it's a biblical thing called "My Brother." I'm my brother's keeper. We watch for each other. We make sure that if someone's doing something wrong, we step up and say something. Yeah. It's not to call them out on what they're no. doing. It's to help them stay safe. We want people to go home the way they came to work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we All want their limbs. You yeah. want your fingers to be together. You want, you know, you want your sure. toes there. Yeah. We want you to be safe. Um, we don't want any problems. You, we wear our, we wear our impact resistant gloves. When we're working with heavy, we're working with heavy machinery. Yeah, you know, you drop a piece of metal on your hand without the have the impact resistant gloves, it'll hurt real bad. But with that rubber coating on top, it'll keep it at least from hurting too much. Yeah, you know, but at least you're gonna get to go home the same way. True, you know, and at least mostly. But but if we take the mentality of, hey, you need to get saved. 
you need to start worshiping the Lord better and you need to start doing it more seriously. Yeah. Then we start getting attacked and we start feeling like we're not doing something right and we need to leave sure. because we don't feel that. We don't want to feel that yeah. pain of someone telling me. Just like I said, I'm tired of people telling me, are you saved? Are you saved? Are you saved? I was tired of it. Yeah. But, you know, I wasn't looking at it from the perspective of they love me enough to tell me I want you to make it to heaven. I want you to yeah. serve the Lord so we all can go to heaven together. Yeah. And that's the thing. We want to be our brother's keeper. We want to be able to men mention to you, let's do better together. Sure. You know, that's why we have that's why we have a podcast together. You know, we th we three even though if if we never post this episode, at least we get to communicate and right. we get to talk to each other and we found out something that you guys didn't know about. You know, you, you guys found out about me. And if True. whoever's listening to this podcast, you found something out new that you never knew about me. Just like, you know, we're having a good conversation and we're, we're trying to help each other out. This is what we're podcast is all about. Absolutely. And if there's people that, that are in a situation that you talked about, you know, people that could be in a gang or struggling with one of the other things, they can, they can look at this and say that, you know, if he made it through, if he can serve God, even going through all that, then I can too. And yeah. use you like like uh, like an example to help me, Bill. I need words. I can't think. For encouragement? Yes, thank you. For an encouragement. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't think. I, I hope that <laughs> I hope that in in his head when John looks at me, you know when the uh, in the <laughs> cartoons where they're hungry and they see their friend as a giant uh, <laughs> I hope he looks over and just sees a giant thesaurus on me. <laughs> in his mind's eye. I just look like a giant thesaurus. It's a guy who has words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did not know where you were going with that, so I could not help. I, I, I just I just said I something random. I didn't know I if it was distracted. I was looking yeah. at I was looking at something else, and he's like, "Give me words." <laughs> I'm like, yeah. "Rutabaga." I didn't know what he was looking for. No, I um, uh, I appreciate the podcast and where it's gone, and it's been such a blessing to us. Yeah. And, you know, I think that it all is is going to be encouraging to somebody yeah, in a way, of course. you know, because that's what we're here for is to give our own testimony. And you're right. I didn't know 90 percent of that. Yeah. Well, 75. But there's a lot of things that people don't know. And if we keep things in the dark. Going back to that cream, no sugar episode. Yeah. If we keep things in the dark, we won't be able to see what people go through. If if I kept this in the dark, someone else who went through a similar situation, you know, if I never put the cream in my darkness, that glass wouldn't have said what it needed to say. Yeah. So there we go. I yeah. don't know what else to say. I yeah, feel no. like I, I feel like I'm 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 very good. I feel like I, I am satisfied with what I out. said. I yeah. think it's you know if now whoever you said it once and now you can refer back to it and uh, nobody's going to be surprised like yeah. dang like <laughs> yeah. I was a little surprised at that but yeah. I, you know I've been I've been going to I was surprised school. that I even did it I mean yeah. I'm Well I'm and and I'm glad you spelled it out too yeah. with the whole virginity thing Yeah because there's some people who are like huh mm, maybe mm. and it was like that's what happened And I was trying to play the part of well not play the part I was trying to be the dumb one and ask the questions that were yeah. a little bit obvious I, Yeah I was keeping pretty quiet during that 
I just yeah. I just let it happen. You know, I'm not gonna go too far into it, and I'll, I just save my stuff till the end. Yeah. And I talked about what you had said, and I yeah. had stuff kind of collected up, which I like doing it that way, because mm-hmm. then it saves me from trying to blah, 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 when you're talking, and it gets you off your train of thought. Yeah. I do have one more question. Go ahead. When did you start attending this church? Oh, uh, good I, question. I, I missed that part. He, he can literally watch JCs. If he listens to JCs, then he'll see it. Well, <laughs> I'll give, give you the. Yeah. I was, I started going to this church, a year after we moved here. Mm. Like, I was fourteen years old coming to this church. Wow. And JC was actually the first person to come to this church, right? Am um, I correct? Jasmine. Oh, oh that's Jasmine that's was the first. No, Jasmine was the one that Granny read to first. Yes, and then JC and my cousins Tiffany and Boogie came. Yeah. Um, and my brother came over. Yeah. I'm sorry, I called her Boogie. No, it's fine. It's her nickname. We call her Boogie. That's fine. I I don't have a problem. It's like I thought she was like you know. We I don't know. I I it's like when you have a nickname and you don't want to let go of yeah, it. I know. Yeah. <laughs> my my grandma. Uh, Maria, she called me Boonji, so <laughs> I've never been called <laughs> Boonji other than yeah, by her, but she'll never stop calling me Boonji as long as I live, um, as long as she lives. Bad and Boonji. Right. But what was I going with that? Uh, who who came to the church first? So, yeah, Jasmine was reached by Sister Lynn the first. Yep. Then JC, my my cousins, Tiffany and Jeanette, where they came, and they were at, they were at the Bible, and Sister Linda invited them to go to church which we did it was a it was a youth night that we wanted that they invited us to which we came i was a class clown i was just you know being a funny thing (laughs) but we only came for youth service and then we slowly got into going to sunday school and then we started going into sunday service but yeah that's what that was a long time ago i was in church the whole time that i was doing that mind you so it's that's, just, crazy that's, that's why I kind of wanted to ask that that's question. Yeah, that's, that's that's the part that the is very regretting. Thing, that man. community servicing is really interesting. Yeah, I did not think that's where it was going to go. Yeah, it was. It's yeah. it's. I regret. It's hard. Admit it's, it you know, it's one of the things that's hard for me sometimes because I respect things like that because I used to do things like that. Yeah. So you naturally like, man, that was a good one. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's all under the blood. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. I'll just have to um, sharpen the testimony. I don't want to, yeah. when I, if somebody asks me for testify my testimony, I don't yeah. want to have to give an hour-long testimony. Sure. I want to be able to give it a sharper testimony, something that's, that's yeah, short and sweet and to the point. That yeah. way people understand. But if well, I have to get to a longer thing, I can just say, hey, refer to my episode. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can hear my whole testimony, but you can cut out the parts that are a little, you know, that you don't want there it's it's cutting the fat you know you, that's what they do in comedy is that you have you have a joke and there's a lot of extra stuff on there sometimes sometimes you need that yeah. sometimes i like a little fat yeah sometimes you want to cut that off until sometimes. it's sometimes you know. i don't like fat you yes. are what you eat oh, is yeah, deceiving right. yeah you don't like eating fat <laughs> i'm not a donut yeah <laughs> gordon ramsay is Oh, I'm sorry. It's been so long. It's been so long. Oh, man, I forgot about that. Um, No, I enjoyed this. You know what I like is... It was a callback that didn't work. That's all it was. It's it's hard. It's hard to do callbacks. That's why they're so good. Yeah. Is it... 
comic that's not going to be in the episode. If you had said donut or something like that, <laughs> I would have gotten it. Yeah. <laughs> donut. Oh, anyway. Well, it's. I'm glad we did a Gordon Ramsay impression. It's very hard to do one without referring to, you know, speech of the former kind. Yeah. You kind of want to get that out, but we did good. I think yeah. we're doing a good job with this. And, yeah, it's like you said, you got to practice that testimony. Yeah. Mark it down and see what really hits yeah well thank you guys for listening we appreciate you come back next week and see what we have for you <laughs>